To sign up for our announcements, send a blank email to radio-announce plus subscribe at acblists.org. That's radio-announce plus subscribe at acblists.org. Thank you for calling the ACB radio and information line brought to you by Xenomedia. 518-906-1820. That's 518-906-1820. Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Welcome in, take my hand, say hello to who you know and who you don't and who you can. We'll give promise to your springtime and beginnings to your ends. We'll try not to be cautious, we'll be friends. Welcome in, welcome in to a beginning of a beautiful long weekend. At least I hope the weather's beautiful where you are. Um, we're, they're promising us some decent weather by Monday. Uh, but at least it held out. Well, we went out to dinner tonight, and I just want to take just a moment of personal privilege to uh, congratulate Susan Crawford. She retired today from Housing and Urban Development, and I want to wish her a long and happy retirement. This evening, we are in part two of our uh, convention, A Closer Look. And we have several affiliates with us tonight that are going to tell us a little bit more about what's going on during the convention with their programs. And if you have any questions that you'd like to ask, you can uh, raise your hand and we'll be glad to go over them as they come up. Um, before I forget, let me thank Debbie Hazelton and Jason Castingway and Kristen Kelly Kelling for uh streaming and hosting our program tonight and with that i want to get right into it because we have several affiliates and information so get your calendars out and your notepads out and let's start right off with um andrea from guide dog users andrea if you would like to unmute all right can everyone hear me yes we can hello and good evening thank you so much i'm so happy to be here it's been um quite a day I'm actually uh, have been helping my brother to prepare for, which means pack, 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 and now move into a new home. So it's been a very busy week, um, and it's a fun way to to wrap it all up by by being able to tell everyone about what we're doing um, with GDUI this year at the convention. So I was so excited about how well the virtual convention went last year, uh, and I and I'll admit that I had I was very skeptical, but I was very very excited that it went as well as it did. And so this year. We are doing some of our usual events. We have the Guide Dog School um, updates, which is a very usual and something everyone looks forward to. Um, we are going to have an author talk, Christy um, Bain, who is a guide dog instructor. She has been a puppy raiser. She wrote a book, Forward Together, and um, that she's going to be speaking to us on Saturday about the writing of that book and answering questions. So I'm really excited about that. 
we're actually starting the convention off. Our very first session is going to be our award ceremony, which is really, really cool because sometimes that is something that happens at the end. And then with the virtual conference last year, we weren't able to do it at the convention, but we think that's really important. So I was excited to be able to dedicate an entire sort of session to our our introductions and sort of housekeeping things for convention, but also to, to give lots of time to the award, the, uh, the people who are winning the awards. I, they're not the awardees, they're the, I, anyway. Um, so we can really give them the time to, to learn the amazing things they've done and why they're, they're getting those awards. We're also going to have a really interesting presentation that I'm personally really excited about, learning more about the research that's going into autonomous vehicles. Um, and I, I like our title for this particular session. It's called, If You Want to Help to Drive the Future of Driverless Vehicles. Um, and uh, my brother, who is significantly involved in this research is going to be presenting and not just talking about what the research that is currently happening is, but also the, the information that people doing research on autonomous vehicles are looking for from the primary stakeholders, i.e. people, particularly people who are blind and visually impaired, who are extremely dedicated and motivated to learn about and be, and be part of the um, research and development of autonomous vehicles. And then we're going to also have a session um, that is sort of jumping off from the presentation from the guide dog schools, which is going to be exploring how an international, sorry, my words are failing me, how guide dog programs in other countries can have, have sort of turned to schools and instructors in the United States to, to give them guidance and to give them mentorship and how to create guide dog programs in other parts of the world. So that's a sort of overview of what our sessions are going to be. Um, a couple of exciting things that are pretty typical for our conventions, but they always make me happy. We, we are going to have two plush guide dogs in custom made leather harnesses to, to be able to be raffled off. I always, I used to call them stuffed guide dogs, but it made me picture these taxidermed guide dogs and it was horrifying. So now I have to make sure I call them plush guide dogs. Uh, so, um, and, and for anyone who's not familiar, we have an amazing donor. Her name is Hava and she's a master harness maker and she creates a miniature harness for a plush guide dog. And this year we have a black lab and a golden retriever. So for lots of people who um, often don't get to have goldens, we have a golden again this year. Um, we're hoping, and I have, I can't say too much because I haven't gotten clearance from my people yet, but um, we are hoping to have <clears throat> some, some specials going on. Normally, we, if it was an in-person convention, we would have a, a, a store that people could come to and buy all kinds of great stuff. Um, myself, I always bring an empty suitcase because I always come home with so many things from the Barca Lounge. But um, one of the things that I always do at convention is to get a new harness sign because by the end of the, by, you know, by the time 12 months goes by, my harness sign is all beat up and pretty disreputable looking. 
And so it's sort of my, you know, you get your, you get your annual eye exam and you get your, you know, annual physical from your doctor and you get your annual harness sign at the convention. And even though we're not in person this year, we're hoping to have some specials on some of the, the um, G, GDUI specific merchandise. We also are going to have door prizes available. So anybody who registers for, to attend GDUI will be entered into a drawing for door prizes. And I know that we have at least two and there may be more. We're, we're, sort, we'll, we're still sorting out what those are going to be. Um, but, and, and as I get that information, I'll post it on, on both the GDUI list and also the ACB list. Um, so that's what's going on with us this year. It's, I think it's going to be really interesting. I'm excited to be, to be part of it. I, I still look forward with great joy to when we can have in-person conference as option, as an option, but I'm just so impressed with what ACB has done with making conventions so incredibly user-friendly and accessible in a virtual world. And I'm also just amazed at the level of participation that because when, when people can, can attend from their own home, when you're not dealing with the cost and hassle and um, sort of difficulty of, of, of getting to a national convention, for some people that's just not going to work. Um, I, everybody's numbers went up for, for attendance and that's just really, really cool. So that's my basic mm -hmm. overview. I, I'm not sure what people would like to know, but I'll certainly do my best to answer questions if there are any. And if I don't know the answers, I'll make them up. No, no, that's not true. I will get the answers and get <laughs> <laughs> And if anyone wants to come to Maine and help unpack boxes, oh my goodness gracious, we need that help. <laughs> <laughs> How far up in Maine? <laughs> actually, it's only in Portland this, this time, so that's not ah. so bad, actually. In fact, there are people from Maine who would tell you this isn't even Maine. So <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> um, Kristen, could you just remind everyone how they can raise their hands and unmute? Yes. Um, so if you're on a PC to mute and unmute, it is Alt-A. And to raise your hand, it is Alt-Y. If you're using a Mac, the mute command is Command-Shift-A. And raising hands is Option-Y. On the telephone to mute and unmute, it is star six to raise hands, it is star nine. And on the app, if you're going to mute, it is on the, the lower left-hand corner. And for raising hands, it is, you're going to access the more option in the lower right-hand corner and raise hands is under that. All right. Well, thank you very much. And do we have any raised hands at the moment? I don't nope, think we, we I don't. don't. I don't think so. Well, Andrea, hold on because I'm sure somebody will want to know something before this evening <laughs> is out. I'm sure. All right. Thank so, you so much. Well, thank you. So this means you are not doing like a. Uh, I always think of GDUI's um, uh, Wednesday. It used to be Wednesday. I forget now if it's now Tuesday. Uh, luncheon. So no virtual not, luncheon not, this year, but we can look no, forward no. to it for next. Right, exactly. There'll be no luncheon and um, which is, you know, it's hard, but we um, just haven't, maybe it's just me not being creative enough to figure out how right. to make that happen. So 
um, and no auction this year for us either, which is always makes us sad, but um, that'll be something to look forward to when we get back to being able to have it um, as a hybrid. That's true. That's true. And I'm sure it will work out well, thank but you. thank you very, very much. Thank you so much. And thanks for having us. Thanks for doing this. This is really fun. Well, I'm, I'm hoping the people are enjoying it. It seems we do have a pretty good turnout this evening. And uh, several affiliates, not all of them, but several have contacted me. If anybody is on here whose affiliate hasn't contacted me yet but would like to, uh, we've, I've got, I think, one or two slots left for next week and a couple of slots left for the week after that. So we can... Um, certainly still fit in. There's probably a half a dozen, five or six maybe that I haven't heard from, but if uh, you want, you're more than welcome to do something like that, get in touch with me. Um, they can just email me at visabilities, V-I-S-A, abilities, 50 at gmail.com. And with that, I think we should move on now to Carla Hayes. You're going to hear from Carla twice this evening. Um, the first one is, uh, Carla, if you can unmute. And I want to welcome you. And Carla's going to be talking about the American Association of Blind Teachers programs for this year. Hi, Carla. Christy, I think she might need a little... Help getting unmuted. Uh, oh, I don't even. It's in the Miri Carla. It's in the Ram. Oh, yeah. Okay. Let's see. Here, I should be unmuted. Oh, there we go. There you are. I'll turn off my jaws. Okay. <laughs> Sorry about that. This webinar, sometimes it doesn't work. But I am so excited about AABT's program this year. We just um, have so much going on. First of all, on Saturday, we're Saturday, July, the, um, you know, the first Saturday in July, which is um, what, the 17th? I think we it's are, the 17th. Yeah. We are going to be busy. We are doing something. You've all gone to Sunday school. We are having AABT Saturday school. <laughs> That's what we decided to call it. <laughs> and uh, we have several sessions, um, a lot of co-sponsoring going on. But um, what school without a history class? So we're going to start from 10 a.m. to 11.15 with teaching through the years, memories, thoughts, and opinions of a blind educator as she discusses her multifaceted career. And um, our, our speaker is going to be Chris Baugh, who is a retired classroom teacher from the Maryland School for the Blind in Baltimore and the Arkansas School for the Blind in Little Rock and from the Arkansas or from the um, Baltimore Public Schools. And she's been teaching for about 40 years, I think. And so um, what's going to happen is she's going to, to talk to us about education and her perspectives over the years. And she's going to be in, introduced by Gary Legates, who's one of her former students. And so, um, so I'm really looking forward to that session because a lot has happened in education. Absolutely. And yes. And then in 11, at 1130 to, to 1245, we have sort of an exciting program. 
And it's going to be, um, if I can get my Braille display to catch up with me, um, it's going to be um, a program on wrestling with the technology. And um, it's, it's going to be a really interesting program because sometimes your technology just doesn't cooperate with you. And I think you've all been there where it just doesn't cooperate. And we're going to talk with Deborah Armstrong, who is an alternate technology specialist. Um, and um, as I said, it's called wrestling with the technology. And we really are going to wrestle because how do you cope when your online learning teaching environment has in accessibility glitches? And in this session, we're going to explore strategies and concrete, concrete suggestions for growing your confidence with your online learning technology. And um, the Canvas learning um, management system is going to be used as examples throughout. And we will also discuss the process of getting inaccessible materials remediated so that they can be used by screen readers and magnification and braille displays. And Deborah Armstrong, as I had started to mention, is an alternate media specialist from De Anza College in Cupertino, California. And she's been doing this for the past 20 years. So she is very experienced. And then, if, and then there's Mike Calvo, the CEO and co-founder of NUMA Solutions in Orlando, Florida, is gonna be our second presenter. And NUMA Solutions has come up with an innovative program called Scribe for Education, which allows K-12 teachers and parents to convert handouts into accessible formats such as Braille, large print, and MP3 and audio for blind and visually impaired students. And it's free. It's free software for anyone teaching K-12 and for those students. And it's basically augmented um, remediation software. And they're, you know, this, this company does a lot of stuff. Then we'll, we'll have a long recess. How many ever heard of like a, almost a four hour recess? That doesn't happen in schools. But then at, um, four, at 4 p.m. to 5.15, um, we're going to move to a program which is called advocate, <clears throat> excuse me, advocating for the best learning options in a, in a hybrid environment. And in this workshop, we will explore how parents and college students can um, work with schools to get the best learning options, whether instructions takes place in person, online, or using a combination of both methods. And, um, I'm pretty excited about that. We're going to have um, representation from um, several panelists um, like Tabitha Bricky. I'm sure you know her. She's the AABT um, um, president, and she's also an accommodation specialist and adult education adjunct instructor from Auburn, Alabama. And Kayla Allen, who's a parent with special needs experience from Mesa, Arizona. And also Haley Eggers, who is a parent and former independent living instructor and from Maryville, Washington. And also Nat Radcliffe, who's going to give us the student perspective. And he's from Carson, California. So that's going to be an exciting one. And then what is school without seeing films? 
You have to see movies in the classroom, don't you? So from 5.30 to 6.45, we're doing a program called, it's a film called Straight Off the Canvas. And it's a documentary and it's co-sponsored with FIA and the AD, AADP project. And um, it's a poem about, or poem, excuse <laughs> me. It's a film about visually, a visually impaired, about visually impaired artists in the New York City area. And as you know, art is not simply, it's not a visual, just a visual meeting, uh, media. Blind and visually impaired people can enjoy and create and teach art as a creative expression. And this award-winning documentary profiles, profiles Elizabeth um, Castellano, a visually impaired art teacher and artist. And it also tells the story of blind art teacher, Jessica Jones and her students at the Lavelle School for the Blind in oh, the yes. Bronx. So that's exciting. And on Tuesday, how many of your teachers have ever told you to get to work and stop just taking up space in this classroom? Well, we're <laughs> going to give you the license to take up space because we're, there, there's going to be a co-sponsored event called um, 321 Blast Off. And we're going to join Dan Oates, who is the SciViz coordinator, as he discusses um, his space camp program and the adaptational experiences of students who are going to space camp. And SciViz, as many of you may know and some may not, is a week-long um, space camp that takes place in September at the U.S. Space and Rocket Center in um, Huntsville, Alabama. And, um, and, and this is a really exciting thing because everything's accessible, the space and robotics program and um, the, the simulator has been made accessible. And it's just an exciting program for students. And, and it's coordinated by teachers of the visual impaired. And so I, I think it's going to be a great program. Yes, I, I wish mean, I wish I was still a student. I would yes, love I to I wish go I there. were too. I'd like, I wish they had it for adults. <laughs> yes. And then we have one last event. What is school without scholarships, right? So on Thursday, July the 22nd at 5.45 to 7 p.m., we're going to co-sponsor with FIA in their event, which is the FIA Scholarship Winners Come Together. And we're going to get to meet the scholarship winners. And it's going to be co-sponsored with, with FIA and ACB students. And it's a great time to meet the young people. So that's basically, um, and you can, you've got to agree that it's a pretty diverse program of, of offerings that we have this year. It so is, and it's a very dynamic program this year, it seems, um, much more than, than I recall in you know, many other years. And the nice thing that I think is so good about you, one of the things I think is so good about your program is that it is so um, interrelated uh, with so many of the other affiliates, like Friends in Art, um, with your late Saturday program there, and that that I think it's it's something that would be very open and welcoming to people who may not be blind teachers, um, but would definitely have an interest in a lot of the topics that you're presenting. Uh, I was thinking that like ACB families with the uh, how to ad about the advocating. Uh, piece that you're doing on Saturday. 
Um, I think that's that's such a tough tough area. Um, I know I went we went through it uh, with my son, and I, and I think there is specific issues besides the ordinary advocating that needs to be done for a children child with any kind of special needs. Um, but especially as an adult, as a as a blind or visually impaired parent, advocating for a, for a child with any kind of special needs, um, and we had some pretty hairy experiences ourselves. I even one time, probably the worst one I can remember, was when my son, who had a number of special needs, broke his glasses at school one day. And before he, before we even knew about it, before he came home from school that day, the teachers had decided that because his parents were blind, neither, never mind that we were both working in very good jobs at the time, they pitched in to give us money to buy him new glasses. It was just, I, I was furious. I was just absolutely livid that it was just the expectations that, uh, we don't that we that are just so false and that and you know it was just so hard to to get through advocating um especially as a blind or visually impaired parent and i think uh i i i really think that that session in particular is probably just a dynamite one for you to be doing okay. but they all sound wonderful actually Yes, and I think the power of our program this year is we're doing a lot of co-sponsoring. And so we're bringing, you know, a lot of people are being brought together because there were limited time slots. Yes. So we didn't want people to have to make so many decisions. And we were asked to co-sponsor several things. I have to say, as the program coordinator for both um, the teachers and Ivy, co-sponsoring can pose a lot of nightmares, just who's doing what and sending what and getting in touch with people and getting it all coordinated. But when it all comes down to it, it's worth it. It really is. And I'm so, I, you know, when I was back in, back in the day when I was working for ACB, I really pushed it and did everything I could to, to help each of the, the uh, get an interrelationship going between a lot of the, the organizations. And I'm so glad to see that that today is so, even so much more than, than we were able to achieve back then. And you certainly have taken it and run with it this year with your organization as well. And um, so I thank you. Um, if we have any questions, you folks are more than welcome to raise your hands. Uh, and for now, I think what we'll do is Carla is going to do Act 2 a little bit later. And our next speaker is also an organization that I've been in, that I was involved with for a number of years. You do have and a hand. Oh, we do. And um, okay. Connie. Connie, good evening. Oh, am I unmuted now? Yeah. You are. Good evening, Sorry, Connie. Good evening. I'll keep it brief. Um, so, uh, first of all, I, I retired recently and I'm not even teaching anymore, and I'm excited about the program for AABG. <laughs> 
So, um, yeah, technology um, is definitely a challenge. Um, One of the main reasons I retired is because, you know, they were using Microsoft Edge, which which was not accessible to me at that point. And then all the resources were on Google Docs, which were not accessible to me at the, well, it was probably more me than anything else, you know. So um, I just want to thank AABT for having such a tremendous, awesome program. And I, I look forward to it. Thank you. Thank you, Connie. Do we have any other hands? Not that I see. I don't either. So um, let me move on. Uh, Our next speaker um, is from Randolph Shepard Vendors of America. And I believe he's the current president. Last last time I checked, he was anyway. And I'd like to uh, welcome Dan, Dan Sippel. I almost called you Dan Spoon, um, to this evening's program. And Dan will be telling us what's going on with RSVA at the convention. So, Dan, if you can unmute. There you are. Well, thank you, Terry. And you can confuse me with uh, Dan Spoon anytime. As you notice. (laughs) I don't think you want all all the work that he has. (laughs) all, All good guys are named Dan. That's it. That's it. <laughs> My uncle would approve. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, you know, it's a pleasure to be here uh, this evening and you know, just to um, bring people up to date on the Randolph Shepherd program. And uh, I think I'll just start, uh, give a little overview and a re- kind of reminder of what the Randolph Shepherd program is to our listeners. The um, Randolph Shepherd program uh, was passed into law by the uh, United States Congress back in uh, early 1930s. That developed in the early 30s and signed in 1934. So it's been around for a long time. Um, RSVA, Randolph Shepard Vendors of America, is an advocacy organization formed uh, out of the members of the Randolph Shepard program. But the Randolph Shepard program is a very unique program is probably the most unique entrepreneurial and employment program in the entire world. Uh, it gives the right of um, priority to all vending and food service on federal properties. And uh, as shortly after the passage of the federal law, the Randolph Shepard Act, Randolph Shepard Act is named after two senators, Senator Randolph and Senator Shepard. And they're the ones that pushed it through. And they uh, come up with the idea um, when they toured the United States post office facilities around the country. And they seen the, that there's, you know, cafeterias and snack bars in these post office. And they thought oh, it'd be an excellent place for a blind, vision impaired person to work. So it, it's, 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 it's exclusive to blind, vision impaired people. And um, which... And we have some quite lucrative um, program uh, entities out there. And you know, being that's exclusive to to us, it uh, in all states have since adopted what we call a mini Randolph Shepherd Act, which in turn gives um, uh, us the priority in all state-owned properties. And several states have even expanded beyond that, and they. Um, call it what we might want to refer to as a mini, mini Randolph Shepard, and they expand into county-owned properties in, in various states. But to, to sum up the Randolph Shepard program, it's it's probably like a, hey. a large corporation with um, 50 um, 
you know, uh, franchises. And uh, with the Randolph Shepard uh, Rehabilitation Service Administration, U.S. Department of Education, they administer the program federally. Then each state uh, adopts, uh, adopted the Randolph Shepard program for the most part. And they, uh, through the administrative code, they uh, exemplify and augment the requirements of the program to fit the blind vision impaired. And just as a little background, myself, you know, I was born, raised in a farm implement dealership. Uh, and I, you know, during my high school years, I worked as a truck, went to a truck shop. I worked as a truck, started a washing truck and became a diesel mechanic. A, a truck there fell on me, crushed my back. That ended my diesel work. I couldn't handle it. So I went to automotive work and then I became a, worked my way up to an um, automotive service manager. And then lo and behold, I, uh, oh, I got an opportunity to, to join uh, uh, the state of Wisconsin as a white collar crime investigator. Um, and each of these steps you know, were precipitated because I have retinitis pigmentosa and, the de and declining vision. And I, and I always knew I was night blind. That's all I ever knew until I was 17 years old. I went to an um, ophthalmologist and he said, you got retinitis pigmentosa. Well, at 17 years old. I couldn't even pronounce it, let alone spell it. Um, <laughs> but that kind of gives, gives me the drive to do what I can do while I have usable vision. And when I worked for the state, and I stayed there 20-some years until my vision declined where I could no longer read um, documents uh, before a jury in a, in a court trial. And so in Randolph Shepard program was uh, through, DV, through the vocational rehabilitation system, they offered it to me again. They offered me when I got out of high school, offered me when I got out of college. And uh, when I retired, had a back out from the state, and they, uh, I said, well, three strikes and you're out. You better take it. So, and it's actually the best thing I've ever done in my life. Uh, each, each, each change in careers, you know, led to a lot of anxiety, but they, they all turned out to, to, to better my life and make, make me much more independent in, in, I've, you know, by being around our separate program, I was, or had, we have three daughters and we were able to get them all through college and our oldest one uh, graduated with a master's degree in business administration um, in summa cum laude. So, Congratulations I, I to both of uh, you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. That we're so proud that we are able to do that for our, our daughters, you know, get them through and, and follow it because that's, you know, I've always had an interest in business and I've always had an interest in legal work. And when I was 18 years old, I, you know, I, I had a background in auto, automotive and truck mechanics. So I wanted to, I, okay, decline. I don't want to know what auto parts were. Well, VR wasn't amenable to um, setting up small businesses, you know. And so that's why they said, okay, you know, Randolph Shepard, well, no, I want to do other things, you know. I want to travel a lot and I want to get as many imprints in my mind as I can before I lose all my sight. And so that led me to the, you know, Randolph Shepard program. And again, it's the best thing ever happened in my life. And the question come up recently is that, okay, if I'm a student in college, you know, can I get into Randolph Shepard? Well, absolutely, you can get into Randolph Shepard program. Um, if I have a part-time job, another part-time, can I get, absolutely. The, the only requirement to get into the Randolph Shepard program is that you are legally blind. And, uh, you know, but we would like to hope that you have the gut feeling to own a business and manage a business. 
it gives you a lot of uh, um, feeling of independence and freedom that you normally may not experience because you have the ability to hire drivers or whatever. So you have employees around that. You don't always have to rely upon um, your, your family or your public transportation uh, to so go get a haircut or stop by and you know, grab a, uh, you know, a sandwich or whatever you've got the drivers, uh, paid drivers on staff. It gives that little extra feeling of independence. But uh, just, uh, that, so that's basically the program um, in a very, very small nutshell. It just, it is, uh, like I say, it's the most unique and most incredible program out there. And I encourage anyone and everyone uh, to look at it and uh, don't just count it because you you don't want to manage a business or whatever. Um, it's a very versatile program, very nimble. Uh, we can adapt to most anyone's needs as far as location, in particular what uh, facility we have around the country and stuff. So, But with respect to our annual convention, we have our annual convention every year in conjunction with uh, the American Council of Blind ACB. And um, that's our annual, we have our annual meeting there as well. But we, as well, we hold an annual training session, we call it uh, for the last you know, a couple of decades, we call it the Sagebrush Training Conference, and it's been held in um, Las Vegas, and Sagebrush is the state flower of Nevada. So we just coined the phrase Sagebrush Training Conference, and we we bring in uh, for a week. We start out doing it over a weekend, and we expand it to during the week, and it runs all week. And we bring in a variety of speakers from the manufacturers, from Pepsi, Coke, Free. Frito, um, Mars, Hershey, Nestle, we bring, and all the equipment manufacturers so that we as blind vision impaired people can get our hands on these, on the newer equipment, the new technology, and we can talk to the experts and they, how is this going to improve our business? How can we improve our bottom lines? And uh, so we bring those in. We bring in speakers um, from the military dining. As you know, military dining is very lucrative. We have blind vendors in the military dining program that earn millions of dollars per year. Uh, so it's look but, and I don't want to, you know, uh, phrase that, you, you know, that you, you have a, a entrepreneurship opportunity that will may uh, dislodge you from the, um, your uh, SSI or SSDI or Medicare. Cause in a lot of states, a lot of localities, sometimes by having, uh, uh, you know, you're not eligible for, um, health insurance or whatever, so you, you're kind of tied to Medicare. And uh, there are so many opportunities that our forefathers in the blindness community have fought for in that uh, you can augment your SSDI and maintain your uh, Medicare and stay in the program. And uh, there are, in the IRS code, there is provision in there called unearned income where, um, you know, if something's given to you because of your disability, it's you can declare it as a business expense and, and maintain your um, overall uh, income below the uh, twenty twenty one thousand dollar limitations to, and maintain your Medicare. Because Medicare, I mean, I don't want to see anyone be deprived of their health insurance because that's so vital nowadays. Right. And um, and the other, you know, to me, I because I have declining vision, I buy a lot of assistive technology. And rather than go through, I just, I've got the resource by being programmed to purchase my own, my own, um, you know, CCTVs, my magnifiers, uh, my uh, screen readers and stuff like that. I, 
I have the ability, and then, then I can shop for what I want. Uh, but I, I just, you know, I don't mind paying that extra out of my pocket rather than um, going through various agencies to get certain things. But um, so we have our sagebrush where we bring all this, all these resources together to make everybody aware of what's available as far as assistive technology, as far as the um, food and vending, convenience service industry equipment, as far as available products and everything else. And our annual convention that we'll be holding in July with, in conjunction with um, ACB, we will be starting out on a Friday night with our usual mixer. Um, virtual mixers, you know, they take a little different course than what RSVA has been known for in the past as our mixers. <laughs> uh, so we, we would encourage you to, you know, grab your favorite beverage and your favorite snack and sit down and enjoy our mixer because we'll do a lot of networking on Friday night uh, with, in, uh, you know, with your personal favorite beverage or snack. And you know, unfortunately, we won't be able to serve it up to you, but uh, I'm sure we can, you know, have just as much going for us. Then we'll have our programming on Saturday, uh, and you know we'll we usually have a luncheon and stuff too. And but uh, so we'll be having Dr. Bill. I mean, many of you have probably heard of Dr. Bill. Uh, he's very uh, well aligned with. Um, uh, oh, with Council Citizens with Low Vision. Yep, he's very he's very very entertaining and very knowledgeable. He's a optom optometrist by profession. And so he understands, uh, and he's got the vision, visual uh, problem as well. So and very, very entertaining, very educational. Uh, so we'll start off with him. And then we're going to um, have a program on the RS-15 report. The RS-15 report is something that we, uh, this, every state has to submit one to the Department of Education every year as to what we as individual blind vendors do uh, as far as um, sales and the staffing and so on and so forth. And uh, it's a, quite a complex report. So, and, um, you know, our, the blind vendors themselves, people with the boots on the ground, really have um, little input because usually the SLAs, the state license agency, they try to encapsulate all this information and they'll ask maybe eight or 10 dozen questions of the individual operator, you know, how much, you know, they already got, you know, we got to send our monthly reports in how much we sold and what our uh, cost of the delivery of goods was and so on and so forth. But they'll ask, well, how many uh, disabled people do you have employed? How many blind vision, blind vision impaired people you have employed? All these other, you know, they just asked a basic question, but, you know, and so most of us never really understood the RS-15 report. So we're going to have a presentation on the RS-15 so that uh, you know what, uh, this form does, and and uh, it's it's the official track record of the entire program nationwide. So, and that's going to it's quite informative, and um, and you know by making everyone aware of it, uh, I think we can maybe improve upon that RS15 report. You know, uh, knowledge is power, and so if you if you're aware of what's on there, you can maybe have a little better answers when your SLA comes to you and says, you know, what about this? What about that? And you, you can give them um, more of a educated, uh, you know, answer to it rather than just an educated guess. And uh, so it, 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 I think that's going to be very well because, you know, 
it, it's revised every three to five years and uh and by having more people involved i think we can maybe just improve it that much more yeah and i haven't looked gonna... at one for a long time but um i was on the state committee of blind vendors back in the 80s and early and mid 90s and the other thing that i i always thought was helpful about the rs15 was you could also use it as a as an advocacy tool because you could right, say yeah. you, you know you could say look at what maryland is doing compared to massachusetts or you know that kind of thing um that I, we used it a lot for advocacy i know that i'm kind of a well, that's that's uh, that's what we like that you you know and that's who people refer to it's on the website the, the compilation of it is on the website that yeah, the department of education and so we use it and that's a to me that's the value to us as vendors is that it's for advocacy and we can go and say okay here's what here's what our average vendors earn um the the medium income of a vendor right now is forty eight thousand dollars a year that is somewhat skewed because of the military dining with where they earn multi millions of dollars um, oh yeah in the state of ohio the average uh the medium income in the state of ohio for example is thirty one thousand um and you know, again, because of all of our unique opportunities we have, as far as uh, uh, our IRS, uh, and, you know, the unincurred business expense, you know, uh, it uh, you can still maintain your, um, you know, Medicare and uh, SSDI and stuff through the through the use of uh, some good paperwork. And that's where the IRS 15 report we we want to you know keep refining that uh, so that it can be uh, that much of a better advocacy tool so that's that's really quite educational but yet uh, very informative and uh and we just want to make sure everyone's you know you can get their input as what their feelings are as to what should be added what could be modified uh you know, with the report from uh every time it's modified and then then we'll be doing um we'll have a legislative um legal panel uh, update you know, there's been, uh, there's always um, court cases or arbitration decisions going on. And uh, there's a couple of cases that were just recently resolved in the Sixth Circuit Court of Appeals in um, Toledo, Ohio last um, last year. And there's, a, there's another case pending in the Seventh Circuit Court of Appeals in uh, here in that um, Wisconsin, Illinois area. And uh, they impact our program with it uh, quite significantly so we'll be having jeff tom uh, chris prentice uh giving update uh, from a legal perspective as to you know what uh, what we can do to you know to mitigate some of this uh impact uh, that these court decisions can have so that and also so that we can you know um, have a more positive outcome from uh, court decisions so that uh in you know, Jeff and Chris are, are extremely knowledgeable, and uh, and they can pre- present it in a very understandable way, uh, and still have the legal legalese part of it. But it's very understandable to us uh, average citizens, average business people. Well, that sounds wonderful. Let me ask you this one very quick question because I just noticed how late we're getting in time. Um, are you doing a karaoke? <laughs> Um, that we, yeah, we're going to, uh, 
work work through that words that but yeah that's going to be there we're going to do the karaoke uh <laughs> and uh, we haven't finalized that yet but uh we we can't we can't have an annual convention without karaoke it wouldn't seem so <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh goodness our, our final program then for um uh, uh business part of uh is programming would be uh, uh employee compensation um, you know how to um, how to retain employees, how to uh, find employees, uh, and then how to uh, compensate them in a manner that uh, where you can have retention and stuff. And then uh, yeah, and then we'll be wrapping it up with our um, elections on Sunday, and then our karaoke will follow. Uh, and we uh, we won't be able to do our casino trip, but uh, maybe we can find something to replace that with. You know. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dan, I want to thank you very much. Um, I don't see any hands up at this point. If anyone does have a question, and you can make it really short because we have one more affiliate to do. But I don't see any, but I want to thank you very much. Um, I always enjoy our SVA's convention. And for those of you who haven't been to Sagebrush before, it really is quite an experience. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, thank, a, thank you, Terry. Thank, and thank you for having us on. Thank you. Well, thank you for joining us this evening. Carla Hayes is back again for part two. And so, Carla, if you will re uh, unmute again. Um, Carla mm -hmm. is going to tell us what's going on with, and it's, uh, I think RSVA was a good segue into this one. She's doing uh, Ivy, which is Independent Visually Impaired Entrepreneurs. And what they're doing at convention, which is also a pretty cool lineup, I think, this year. Um, so, Carla, welcome back. Can you hear me? Yes, we can. Oh, good. Um, sometimes jaw loses its, jaws loses its focus, you know. <laughs> Ah, but you haven't lost yours, and that's what counts. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. Um, before I tell you what's going to be on the program, I do want to mention something that is going to be conspicuously absent from our program this year, and that's the Ivy Business Expo. That's the bad news. But the good news is the reason for its absence is we're going to schedule it later in the year. We felt that it was just with all the other things going on that we thought there would be better, um, we could do it better and there'd be better, uh, you know, attend, you know, uh, what am I saying? Yeah, that's a great idea, actually. So, so I knew that somebody was going to raise their hand, so I thought I would just tell you that in the beginning. <laughs> I'm going to start our program on um, July uh, the, the 18th, Sunday, at 2.30 to 3.45 with, um, sometimes your business drives you to drink, you know, because you're 24-7, <laughs> seven times a day. So we thought, what what could be better but to bring aboard a, a, a wine-tasting entrepreneur to maybe solve that problem. So we're going to do conversation with Dr. Hobby Weedler. And he's from Petaluma, California. And he's, get this, a computational chemist, um, an entrepreneur, a wine expert, and a promoter of diversity and inclusion. So come and listen to the life lessons from this remarkable man and learn about his life. And I think that's going to be a really exciting one to attend. It certainly and, sounds that way. It yeah. doesn't sound like he's missed much in life. 
No, not really. Then, um, and, and you know, I, 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 I am going to be anxious to hear what he has to say because, you know, a man with all those credentials, <laughs> and they're diverse ones. That so just his life's, you know, his credentials are diverse. So yes, it certainly sounds that way. I hate to cut you short, but we do only okay. have about three minutes. Okay, then we're going to go to Adventures in Coaching, which takes place from 4 to 5.15 on Sunday. And it's going to be about, um, you know, career coaching. And um, um, our um, Pam Shaw is going to be um, talking. You know, oh. we're, going to, we're going to have a panelist of several um, um, life coaches. And it, it's going to, you're going to discover all you ever wanted to know about life coaching. I, I'm trying to move fast. I had a big write-up for you, but I know you don't have much time. So I think that um, you're going to find how you know profitable it is as a business, too. And so then on Tuesday, on the Tuesday, the 20th at 2 um, 30 to 345, we're going to do podcasting for beginners. And this session is, is for those who are in, interested in, but nervous about creating podcasts. And we will discuss the needs and the basic requirements and the, um, and we're going to have Derek Lane, who is um, an instructor of IC from IC Music LLC and the owner of Lane's Audio um, from Morgantown, uh, Morganton, North Carolina. And so you're going to learn what you need to know about podcasting. Then at 4 to 5.15 on Tuesday, we're going to have our Ivy business meeting. And if you are a member of Ivy, you'll get a, um, an invite to come in because it's our elections. So I hope Ivy members will come. And then getting back on the podcasting theme, from 5.30 to 6.45, we're going to do a co-sponsored event called Content Creators Cafe. And you're going to join a, a diverse group of content creator panelists to learn the ins and outs of content creation and um, in the world of, of social media, which changes all the time. And it's going to... Um, you're going to learn all that you need to know if you want to, to do that kind of thing. Then on, um, we're up to Thursday, I guess. Um, and on Thursday, we are going to have two events from 2.30 to 3.45, tips and tricks for nailing that job interview. Learn some new ways to address those annoying interviewing challenges. And we have a number of panelists whom I will not mention right now because we're times of the essence, but please come. And from 4 to 5.15, we will do So You Want to Be an Entrepreneur. Join the ACB Women and Ivy for a panel discussion exploring the pleasures and pitfalls of creating your own business. And Linda Perel is going to be with us um, as the coordinator of uh, the moderator of this event. And you'll hear from several panelists from ACBW and Ivy. And so that's our program. Um, I tried to, I gave you the cleft note version because I know we're out of <laughs> Well, it's, it's since you did, and I appreciate it, let me ask you, is, this an, is there more information on your website? Yes, by all means. Then can you tell us what your website is? Um, I believe it's ivy.acb.org. Um, I should have had that written right here, but, yes, um, but if you go, if, if that doesn't work, go to the um, ACB affiliate page and you can link to it there. But I believe that's what it is. Well, thank you very, very much. Um, 
Do we have any questions whatsoever? We have time for maybe one or two at the most. But I think we have done, you have all done an incredible job of answering an awful lot of questions, um, of potential questions in your presentations. And I want to thank each and every one of you. Um, and those of you who have been listening in uh, or participating on Zoom, I just want to let you know that next Friday we will have um, three more affiliates and they will include ACB Diabetics in Action and Blind Pride International and the Braille Revival League. And again, if, you, if your um, affiliate that has a programming, has programming during the convention would like to join us next week or the week after, uh, you're more than welcome to just get in touch with me at Visibilities, V-I-S-A-B-I-L-I-T-I-E-S. It's like Visibilities, only with an A in there instead of an I. Uh, 5-0 at gmail.com. And I want to thank Debbie Hazelton for streaming for us this evening and Kristen Kellings for um, hosting. And with that, I want to wish you all a very happy and safe Memorial Day weekend. Um, Thank you to thank you for your service to those of you who may be on here this evening who have served in our military. And with that, I want to wish you all a very, very good week and good night.